One of my favorite times of the year here at New Life, as we prepare to hear from some people sharing what the Lord has done and what they're thankful for. And amen, Brother Tim. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Scripture tells us, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And it's so easy for us to make a list of what we lack or what we don't have. I'm challenging us today in this time, this, this time of year, to make a list of what we're thankful for. Contentment. Gratitude. I'm thankful for a refrigerator that just, it's on its last leg, but you lay hands on it in Jesus' name, it lasts another year. Or a washer and dryer that I've had for 30 years, and it's still, it bounces, yeah, it bounces a little bit, but man, it's making it. God's so good, he stretches our finances. We have good health. What an awesome church and assembly we get to attend, a new life, amen. I'm thankful for my family, but most of all, I'm thankful for my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that I have that. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about gratitude today. And translating Hebrew, that is recognizing the good. And so we're excited about doing that tonight. We're going to recognize the good, and we're going to hear from some people today. So why don't you give, your hand, or give a hand clap right now as they come to share with us the goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. What an honor and a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. It's so wonderful to be in this presence. There's no other place where you can need to be, where you should be, but in the presence of the Lord. I want to appreciate my pastor, appreciate him, love him, honor him, pray for you every day. I thank God for our pastor in our life, and I thank God for what he has done in our lives these past several years. And also for this precious church, each and every one of you, I appreciate you, love you, pray for you. I ask God's blessings upon you daily. Why? Because you are my family. Hallelujah. I want to direct your attention just for a few moments today uh, on Psalms chapter 103. I'm going to take the first five verses. And when I got the call to speak tonight, I was like, Lord, you need to talk to me. Because there's so much about you that I can say, and I only have a small amount of time. The word of the Lord came, and, and simply just to say, faithful. Because God has been faithful. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 103 and verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Many, many times in my life I've gone back to the scripture to remember how good God has been. How good God and how faithful he has been because he has never failed us at all. And it's wonderful to know that I can include myself in those scriptures because he has never failed us. He has never forgotten us. He has healed us. He has done so much for us. And I don't want to forget his benefits. 
It is wonderful to get together with you here at this wonderful church and bless his name. I am so thankful for this privilege that we have. Thankful that we can express our love to him and express our devotion to him because he is faithful. I thank God for his faithfulness. And I can look back over my life and say that God has been faithful. In every area of my life, God has been faithful. And I'm not going to apologize for repeating this many, many times today because God is faithful. Not all the days were sunny and beautiful, but God was faithful. There were days where it rained. There were days where there were tears. There were days where it seemed like, God, where are you? But he was there, and he was faithful. I want to jump back several, several years back and, and just quickly talk about a little bit of my life. We moved to the States when I was five years old, and, and I can remember a few things while we were live, living there in Mexico. Some happy moments and not so happy moments. But God, hallelujah, because of his faithfulness, heals us from all of those things. Amen. Shortly after arriving here in Illinois, excuse me, there in Illinois, we started attending a Spanish apostolic church. And it was a new experience indeed. It was a little different. Um, my parents, you know, they were Catholic and they never took us to mass. So we really didn't know anything about church. But when we came to the apostolic church, this was, this was different. But the opportunity came when I was growing up in elementary school, to, to play baseball. I love baseball. So I played baseball from third grade to sixth grade, and we did pretty good. We won two championships, and I really didn't go to church anymore in those four years because I wanted to have fun. I wanted to play baseball. But the, the catch was, is I, was always, I was always feeling lonely. Something was missing. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends playing ball and in school and everything else, but there was an emptiness in my heart. I was not happy. But then in middle school, I started attending church again, and that's when things started to happen. And at the age of 13, I received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in that precious name of Jesus. I didn't feel lonely anymore. Then I realized what I really needed in my life was Jesus. It wasn't things from the world. It wasn't things that could take you away from church. It was Jesus. That's what I needed in my life. Several years later, still in church, I started being used in the youth group and in Sunday school, teaching Sunday school and helping out and also being used in ministry. Wonderful experience to, to look back and even also call the pastor that was pastoring me at that time. And, and he's still doing great. And I tell him, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for preaching the word to me. Because that made the difference. If we can fast forward a little bit. Also in the years as we pastored for several years, we've seen the Lord being faithful in many ways. Healing families. Healing marriages. And marriages that I thought were going to go 15 rounds with boxing and every other thing. And God healed them. God restored them. And we're so thankful because God is faithful. And seeing how God changed many, many lives for his honor and for his glory. I, I'm, I thank God for that. 
Now I want to tell you that many are still serving the Lord today. Hey, because of me. Because of his faithfulness. Because God loved them so much and did a work in their life. Because he is faithful. Now coming forward a little more to the current years. And, and for me around 2019, many doors were starting to close for us in our ministry. And, and we re didn't realize and we didn't understand that God was closing doors but opening doors in different areas. Started praying, talked to God and asked God to help us. You know, just we, we need to keep going and we need to keep doing this, that, and the other. And, and God was closing doors little by little. But because of his faithfulness, he taught us why he was closing doors. And I truly believe that God was allowing certain things to happen. Like allowing doors to close because of his faithfulness. Many times as parents, when we tell kids, don't do this, don't do that, the kids, they look at their immediate circle. They don't see the dangers. They don't see the things going on around them. But the parents do. And God, the same way as our father was saying, no, not there, not there, because I'm going to send you here. I'm going to do this for you. And I want to thank Brother Barber because the same scripture, I don't know if you looked at my notes or not, but the same scripture I want to share. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Concerning you. God has been faithful in your life and will continue to be faithful in your life. Many times we don't understand why, God. Why? But it's because he's faithful in your life. That's why he's doing things that we don't understand and we ask questions and, and we wonder why, God. Because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you so many questions so many tears so many times I was wrestling with arm wrestling with God in in those years of 2019 2020 and 2021 wrestling with God and praying and saying God come on let's keep this door open and and, and help me out here and but until the day came when God spoke to us as a family and said that it was time to go I remember that very Saturday the very first Saturday of May in 2021, while we were visiting here in this precious church, on that Saturday, we, it was time for us to head back home, and we stopped by the church here, and, and Pastor, I don't know if you remember, but you were out here in the ball field watching the guys play. Let me tell you, when we came and talked to Pastor, just we didn't know he was going to be here, and we, we said hello and, and our goodbyes for the time being, and we're going to come back later just to visit, and but what he told me, and I believe it was God being faithful to his children. We talked for a little bit, and Pastor told me, it's time. The words that we needed to hear from a man of God in our life, it was not planned. We didn't know Pastor was going to be out here in the, the church grounds, but he was waiting for us. But God knew. God had it planned for us. And I thank God for his faithfulness. Been here in this precious church for a little over two years now, and it's been wonderful. But never in a million years would I have thought that would be, we would be here. But God knew. And because of his faithfulness, we can continue forward. For this, I am so thankful. The best is yet to come, new life. Why? Because of his faithfulness. You may think you're a mess, but God can turn your mess 
into a message. You may think, God, why am I under this test? Let me tell you, God is going to turn that test into a testimony. Why? Because of his faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Hello. Praise the Lord, everyone. My name is Alexi Goda, and this is exactly as scary as I anticipated it to be. So um, if you don't know me, I am Alexi. I've been married to Tico for 22 years now. We have five children. I know. I know. I don't know where the time went. Uh, we have three boys and two girls, one daughter-in-law, one soon-to-be daughter-in-law, one granddaughter and another granddaughter on the way in February. So time goes quick, and I do tell my children that you're going to blink and you're going to be a Grammy. So it's kind of crazy. Um, I was thinking a lot about this, and I have had a lot of things rolling around in my head. And, you know, initially I want to say that I am thankful for my husband and my family. I have so many beautiful children, and yes, they, you know, test me. Just like we test the Lord, I do believe. I'm learning anyway. Um, but I am so very thankful for them. I have such a wonderful husband. He has so much wisdom and so much grace for me. I've grown a lot because of him. I'm very thankful for my parents and my sisters. We have such a wonderful family. We get together every Sunday at my mom's and have lunch. And we get to talk and spend time with one another. And I am so very thankful for that. I'm thankful for my in-laws, my my mother-in-law passed away in 2013, but she was one of the best people I've ever met. She taught me how to be a servant. She taught me how to love my children. And I will never, ever be more grateful to her than that. And I also have a new mother-in-law. She has been a wonderful person. She's been a great addition to our family. And I am so thankful to say that I've had two wonderful mothers-in-law. I know a lot of people can't say that. Now, I am thankful more than I could ever express for Pastor and Sister Tammy. Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. If you want to follow an example, Pastor and Sister Tammy are the example to follow. I got to vote for them in 1999. Uh, Pastor baptized my husband shortly after that. He married us 22 years ago. He has dedicated and baptized all of our children. We have sat under him for a very long time, and we've learned so very much. We are who we are today because of their leadership and example. Pastor is always used by God to speak the word to us over and over again every Sunday. I'm amazed at every sermon that he speaks to us because it is always something new. It is always something that catches me, and I leave here thinking, wow, I need to apply that to my life. And if anyone has any doubt about that, if you just take those words that he speaks every Sunday and you turn them inward and you apply them to your life, you're going to be amazed at the changes that you have. I am very thankful for God's presence in my life. Psalm 116, 1 through 2 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Have you made God the God of your life? That was a lesson that Sister Shock taught several years ago, and it made me think, have I really made God the God of my life? 
After that, I really focused on trying to do that. And how wonderful is it that the God of all creation bends down to listen to my voice? I am so thankful. If that doesn't make you thankful, I don't know what will. There are several situations in our life right now that have made me feel like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff. There's nothing I can do. There's nowhere I can go. I have no control over this situation. Whenever you're in that kind of situation, that's when you truly realize who God is and who he is in your life. I am so thankful. When I first started feeling this way, that I was on the edge, I just, I was kind of angry, I think, because I think all of us like to have control over every situation, and it's hard whenever we don't. I was a little bit upset, and I would ask God all the time, why? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? And of course, I did not hear an answer to those questions. But the longer I stand on this cliff, waiting, the more thankful I get. God will provide a way. I know that he will. I trust him with my whole entire heart. God will show me where to go. He's going to get me over to the other side. Or if I'm going to have to cross, however it happens, I know that he's going to get me there. And I've learned that there's peace in letting go and knowing that he bends down to listen to me. There are still days that, of course, I worry or I'm frustrated because it's not happening as quick as I thought it should. But God is always patient with me, and he reminds me that his will and plan are in motion. And I remind him again that, yes, Lord, I trust you with my whole entire heart. I'm thankful that he frees me from my burdens. Psalm 116, 16 through 17 says, O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I've always heard people say to give your burdens to God or lay them at his feet. And this has been a puzzle for me for a long time. How in the world do you remove a burden from yourself and set it down? How do you do that? We are human. We think of those things. They're always in our heads. They're always running around. That burden in our minds is always there. So how in the world do we set that down? And I've asked God that a lot. I've asked him, how in the world do I give this to you? I really want to give it to him. I want to take that off, but I've always been unsure how. Pastor, again, often says that in order to have a true relationship with Jesus, we must read the word every day and pray every day. Did you know that when we choose to have this whole relationship with God, because it is a choice, he takes those burdens one by one. He just takes them off. They're still there, yes, but he helps you carry them. Communing with our Savior aligns our priorities, helps us think correctly, gives us wisdom, and fills us so full with hope, peace, and love that the chains fall away. And those chains are often self-inflicted. Sure, there are days that there will be worry, but just get in the word, talk to God about it, and he will help you. There are so many times whenever I just stop and say, well, you know, what about this? Like he's a, standing right there in front of me. I ask him questions all the time. Sometimes I get an answer, but most of the time I don't. I am thankful for the Bible. I am so very thankful for God's word. Pastor, again, has said it many times. If you want to get to know God better, get in the word. All of the guidance, wisdom, and knowledge that we need is in this word. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.74 those who fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. Psalm 119.16, I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. God's word gives me hope, peace, guidance. 
and all that I will need to get to heaven. Every time I read it, I find something new and wonderful. Spend time every day reading this word and you will be better for it. The news, social media, movies, and television will all just cloud your mind. God's word will clear that. And I am so thankful. I was thinking about this today, about his word, and how sometimes, you know, whenever you look into a bright light for a long time, and then you try to look at other things, you can't see. Well, God's word and speaking with him every day is that bright light. So whenever you look into it every single day, all those things that do attack you, that do seem to cloud your mind, they will go away, and you won't see them anymore. And I just think that's wonderful. I really do. And I would recommend reading the one-year Bible. You get in that word every single day, and it becomes beautiful and wonderful, and just you want to read it, and you can't wait to see what you're going to find out next. Psalm 103, 1 through 2, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. We must never forget the good things that he does. He does so many things, and there's a lot of times I don't think we even realize exactly what it is that he's doing until we can look back and say, oh, I see that. Thank you, Lord. And if we really spend time every day being thankful, praise him daily for his good works and provisions, we will begin to see them over and over again. He is such a wonderful God. He is our Savior, and he wants to lead us in the right direction. Thank you. Praise the Lord, church. It's an honor to be up here tonight. So, I've kind of tossed back and forth what I want to say. Um, I was narrowing it down yesterday, and I really kind of psyched myself out. Started getting really, really nervous. And I was kind of talking myself out of it. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know that I can do this. And it's like, God, are you sure I can do this? So I walked outside, and I heard this noise. And it was loud when it started, and it progressively got louder and louder and louder and, and louder until I looked down the side of my house, and the windows on my house were just shaking. And I looked up, and I said, the rapture. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so if you don't know, we live right next to the airport. There was an F-16 fighter jet taken off, completely unannounced. But talk about timing. Wow. So if you, if you don't know me, I am Isaac Walls. My wife is Katie Walls. Um, I've been here about three years now, going on four. So I just wanted to give a little bit of my backstory on what new life has meant to us as me personally and as a couple. I really have so, so, so much to be thankful for just to be here. I'm I'm so grateful. It's really, it's hard to narrow it down, but um, I'll, just, I'll just get right into it. So we first came here, I came here first in January of 2020, and I, I had to 
go back and look up, and I found the exact date. It was the 19th, and it was a Sunday night, and pastor preached the message, life decisions I did not know that I was making. If you remember that message, it stuck with me, and it hit home for my past, and I knew it was meant for me, but over the past three years, that message has hit home all through my future because that night was a life decision that I did not know that I was making, but I'm so, so thankful for it. So shortly after that night, I met Katie, and we began dating, and God started opening doors for us, and we're talking about engagement, and we knew this is where we wanted to be. I had a house in Spencer, and so we talked about me packing up and moving here, but with the housing market, as many of you know, if you've moved in the last three years, that is a, a scary thing to jump into right now. So we prayed about it. We knew it was the right decision, and we just decided we'd give it to God. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. So that's what we did. It was right after we got engaged, we kicked off the More Than Enough campaign. That Sunday, a lot of you probably remember it, was a powerful Sunday. And we just, together, we prayed, you know, Lord, what can we give and what can we do to further your kingdom? And after the service, Katie said, God gave me a number that we're, we're going to give. And he gave me a number that you're going to sell your house for. And I said, okay, what are they? She told me. And I'm like, are you sure? That's, we can't do that. That's a, that's a lot of money. Are you sure? And so I knew, I knew it was right. And, you know, again, we agreed if, if God wants us to be here, everything's going to work out. And he'll take care of everything. So we listed the house. And immediately got offers we had that one number in our head but no no offer or that number was not there it wasn't on the table so talked about it prayed about it and i decided you know what i'm going to accept this offer this is a great offer this this is awesome i accepted the offer about two days later the offer fell through so then we went to the backup offer and about a week later that offer fell through. It's like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, this, this is supposed to be it. So we listed the house again. I think it was the following day, we got an offer. By the time all the fees, all the, um, oh, I can't think of the word, all, every, um, every fee, every closing cost, everything was done to the penny, exactly what God told her, exactly what we knew we were going to sell it for, and everything went through as smooth as can be. So we thank God for that. So then we found a house, and we found a house that we both loved. It's in the country, but it's close to town, and we're five minutes from church, and 
everything just worked out amazing. And I'm just so thankful for God that keeps his word and he keeps his promises. And he's always faithful to us. So shortly after we moved here, we were already involved in Sunday school, but we were able to get a lot more involved and start helping out a lot more like we wanted to. And over the past three years, I've really gotten to know the kids of new life, of kids life, and I've gotten to know the culture of new life. And I am thankful. I am so thankful for the generational church. It's, it is just an amazing thing. I'm thankful for children that are excited to be a part of the kingdom of God, that are excited to come to church and be a part and serve and help. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I've written down a few numbers. I just want to share with you a few things. So from ages 4 to 11, this is our, our main, main Sunday school here. We have children that run the sound and that run the media. We have praise singers. We have worship leaders. We have preachers. We have prayer warriors. We have strong prayer warriors. We have 20 people already this year dedicating their time to learn the word of God through Bible quizzing. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. We have children operating in the gifts of the Spirit on a weekly basis. They lay hands on each other. They pray for each other. And notice I'm not talking about a futuristic thing. This is not the children of the future. This is right now. These are your children, your grandchildren. They are already doing these things. When the church is called to fast, our children are fasting. It may be a tablet. It may be sweet. Some kids are fasting food. We've had some fast food for seven days. And often on Sundays, you'll see they're the first to the altar, and a lot of times they're the last to leave. I truly believe the children of new life have faith to win this city and every city around it. I'm thankful for an upcoming generation that's grounded and has a solid foundation. New Life Fellowship, we are in good hands. I'm excited for things to come, and the best is yet to come. And parents, this all starts at home, so thank you. Thank you, parents and grandparents. Don't throw in the towel. The example you're setting is being seen. They are watching you. All eyes are on you. And I must say, with a child on the way, right now my eyes are on you as well because I've got a lot to learn and a short time to learn it. So thank you for all you do and the example that you all set for me. I'm thankful for every one of you. I'm thankful to be at New Life Fellowship, and I cannot wait to see what God does in Terre Haute in the coming years. Thank you.
well, Pastor, I understand about this podium now. I can feel the anointing up here. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, I will give thanks. Therefore, I will give thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the most precious gift of his Holy Spirit. And with the highest honor and respect to my pastor and first lady, Harpole, the Harpole children, Bishop Harpole and Lady Harpole, the ordained and licensed ministers, leaders, directors, and most lovingly, my church family, the congregation of the saints of the Most High. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. What else am I thankful for? I thank God for the miraculous healing and life of my husband from an extremely rare cancer. We had to go to IU medical research and still under research, Pastor. So <laughs> they've never seen this type of cancer before. And I remember when we were speaking with the head surgeon and he said, well, the only way we know how to cut this cancer out is to cut it out by surgery. And he said, by faith, he says, well, then I'm ready to meet my maker because that's not going to happen. And I thank God for, there were some of the new saints that came to us and said, he's healed. There were about four here, and you know who you are. And I thank God for that because I'm looking at my husband, and I'm seeing, I can't even explain this. But the power of God being upon him during this major mass situation. My children, they all said the same thing. Oh, mom, he's healed. He'll be fine. But the doctors, the results, everything showed totally different. So I praise God and I worship him in spirit and in truth, for being able to rely on him one billion percent. And I, I really praise God for that. And says here, um, it taught me how to go so deep into the holy of holies by prayer and fasting that words cannot express this feeling. To anyone who is in doubt, or those who may not know exactly, is this the absolute truth or an almost truth? And I thank God for all the Life Academy students and the Life Academy family because many of the Life Academy students know that I asked, what does this mean? How do you know that you know that you know that you know? It's the Holy Ghost power that's stirred up within us. That is absolute truth. It may sound strange to others, but it's absolute truth. 
in the word of God, it is most difficult to stray away from knowing the absolute truth when everything else may be an almost truth. That includes if we're not walking in our true calling, being chosen by God, never leave that. The enemy will try to take it, but never leave it. We must be walking in holiness and knowing that we know who Jesus is. He is the Messiah revealed through the word to us. He is revelation upon revelation. The Thanksgiving scriptures that come to mind in prayer through communication with my Jesus began exactly with my personal encounter. I want to say thousands of years ago, but it hadn't been that long. <laughs> February 15, 1987, the revelation of Jesus Christ while actually reading the word of God because I had no understanding whatsoever. I read aloud Acts 2.38, which says, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, as soon as I tried to read the next verse, I was speaking in tongues for two and a half hours after that. And it was so powerful because I had never heard of this way. And I thank God for this because... I was in a doctrine that had nothing, to, well, sort of, everything has a sort of, an almost. I actually came out of Islam. Many of you know that, and it's extremely important now to know that you know that you know. We are the answer to the world situation right now. By having the infilling of the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name, walking the way of holiness, we're that answer. And I thank and praise God for this because I can see both sides, but there's only one absolute truth. There's only one. And so I remember praying five times a day in Islam, but it was nothing like this. When that Holy Ghost power comes upon you, oh my. And it's, I, I found that light. The Muslims talk a lot about the light. I actually found the light and I'm so thankful and his name is Jesus, the Messiah. That's the light. We are that light unto the world. And as I said, Jesus is the answer to the situation in the world today. I believe the repentance that I had sinned against God before any other person, including my own sins. I, I should have been. I should have been on that cross for what I had done when I really realized that I had sinned against God not only people but and myself but God himself a revelation came and then all of a sudden I read Acts 238 out loud and the next thing I know because I'm asking all these questions well how do you know you have the Holy Ghost how do I know that I know what is it I had no clue whatsoever and if God can save someone like me I never knew about this I just knew that God existed, and I wasn't going to heaven. I knew that much, but I didn't know about the power that he can place within each and every one of us, and all we have to do, you don't have to understand it, is just to believe, just to believe and then receive. He will give it to you. And so 
I was baptized in Jesus' name and received the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, literally reading out loud his word. And to this day, I'm still on fire for God. It's just like the first day to me. <laughs> I am so excited. And this scripture below expresses exactly how I felt on that day and especially today with greater clarity and understanding. And this will be some excerpts from Psalm 18, 1 through 49. And then Psalm 18, 49 and 2 Samuel 22 and 50. Both of those are the, exactly the same scripture. But I'm just going to read a few excerpts. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high, high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies, because that's what I was going through then. The sorrows of death compassed me. I was going through that also. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. But in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Anyone been through that? The enemy too strong for you. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord, the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I was able to enter into the kingdom of God. It may be hidden to the world right now, but we know that we know that we know. We are the answer to the world's situation today. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust him. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. He delivereth me from mine enemies, yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks Yada, unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Also in 2 Samuel 22 and 50, it says the same thing. Therefore, I would give thanks, Yada, unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. I did not realize, sometimes I would hear myself say, Yada. When I'm speaking in tongues, sometimes I would hear that word. And this was dropped into my spirit, not knowing that thanks was exactly the word I was saying. Yada. Therefore, I will give thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the most precious gift 
his Holy Spirit. Yada. Thanks. Yada. Thanks. Yada. Thank you. Praise the Lord, church. Thankful to be up here. I'm last, so if you're anxious, I'm last, and we're going to truncate some and go efficiently, but we're going to give God all the praise tonight. I'm thankful to Pastor and Brother Andrew, my friend, for asking me to come up here, and I cut out a little bit here, but I'll tell you the fact that I'm standing here right now is actually an answer prayer, a little bit of nudge from the Lord who knows his sheep. I'll just start with that to say I'm very thankful. But in prayer today, one thing I want to share with you not related to the, the testimony here is tonight when and if there's a response or Sunday if there's a response, you, you need to know that you don't have to come up here and there doesn't have to be a performance. You just have to come small before the Lord and he will meet you at that place. And someone in here needs to hear that I'm assured of. You just need to come. There's no calisthenics. There's no cartwheels needed it's just be small before the lord like mary matthew 26 and 7 says there came into him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment we know the story and she poured it on his head as he said at meat pastor i'm going to try that sometime i'm going to come in and just dump oil over your head when his disciples saw it watch me when his disciples saw it they had indignation saying to what purpose was this waste and and we know the story they go on to say that this could have been used for something else. She poured out her everything, her pride, her emotion, her money, and yet the disciples were indignant. And I'm thankful that there's the ability to have a response like this woman. And I've learned that from the word, and I've learned that from watching people, but I'm so thankful that, that I have the ability to come up here and not have to perform, but just pour it out like we have it of this example. Now, there are four accounts of this story in the Gospels. In Luke's account of the story, here's what comes next. It's in Luke 7 and 40. Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, now this is the Pharisee, the leper that, that was hosting this event. He said, I have somewhat to say against thee. This is after Simon murmured in his mind. He said, Master, say on. And he tells the story. There's a creditor, two debtors, 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay he forgave them both he says which of them will love him the most and Simon says I suppose to he that forgave the most again so much to say with this story and there's not a lot of time but she was thankful and she just poured it out and this is what I'm thankful for the ability to be small no matter who you are your position your title your bank account that doesn't matter in God's kingdom but even the disciples, the elite, missed it. There was murmuring. There was second-guessing. There was a lack of thankfulness and even judgmentalism. And I want you to be here with me because this is so important in this season. Thanksgiving is not turkeys and gravy. It's the kingdom of heaven. Thanksgiving is knowing that when you hear that sound, Brother Isaac, you're going up. That's Thanksgiving. She had so much forgiven and was so thankful and the Lord had to admonish even the very chosen. And this is, this is this story that just pricks me in my heart. Between a few simple dips in the inkwell, this writer, there's such a juxtaposition of 
one who's thankful and broken and pouring out to the disciples who were indignant to if you go just a few scriptures later in the same chapter of Matthew you have the third example of Judas who actually comes back and betrays with a kiss lack of thanksgiving which leads to betrayal which leads to complete death all right so to conclude here follow me with the symbolism that's provided and I've heard pastor talk about this a little bit in the last week the woman comes so simple and humble-minded. She comes like a child. This is what I strive for. I'm striving. She's, she's so small and so littered because she's delivered from so much. It says she was forgiven so much. She isn't trivial or guarded in her approach like we should do when we come down here. But the religious, now watch, it's fitting in this season. They perceive this act like the Western church. And this is what pastor has been talking to us a little bit about. It's a prophetic type and shadow for us tonight. It's very symbolic. I come as the woman with the alabaster box, and I'm thankful for that. And like I said, I'm striving. The perspective this woman, or even from a prodigal viewpoint, allows the collapse of yourself at this altar. And it allows us to have thankfulness and mercy for our grace and favor that the Lord gives us. And so to close, I would admonish anyone in this camp that, that's with the disciples of the Pharisees. I've been there before, and so like I said a few times, I'm so thankful that the Lord has pulled me back and said, look at this example of the woman with the alabaster box, and don't be, don't be like the Pharisee, don't be like Simon, because this woman is broken and pouring it out, but the pompous, the saved, the elite, the Western, they didn't even really think they needed to wash Jesus' feet. My question today is, which are you? To the, to the students in here, you have so much. To the kids, to the youth, don't squander it. Be small. Don't be elite. You're not chosen and in this for life and once saved, always saved. To the, to the seniors that have been in this their whole life, run down here and sob on the shoulder of this woman. And to the Marys in here, to the new, to the new saints, to the newbies, when you're down here at this altar... When you're in your spot at this altar, those that are around you, rooting for you, pushing for you, are the true chosen that are with you and not judging you. They're the true that are looking to see, to see you here, well done, good and faithful. And I'm thankful so much that the Lord gives us that perspective through the word, through the example, and through the preaching. God bless. Praise the Lord, everyone. Please stand with me now, if you will. I am so very grateful for the time that we have. And I want to just um, offer a small conclusion. Uh, all of the voices that we heard. Um, uh, have within them a depth of experience and life. <clears throat> we're so very privileged here at our church and I don't know why the Lord has chosen us but he, he did that I'm very thankful for that <clears throat> Sister Tammy back Tam Sister Tammy are you in the okay so we've alternated a little bit um, sitting with Brother Jack Simmons in the hospital and so his, um, his days are short now. Um, 
a, a preacher told me, um, he's a profound preacher um, and a bishop. He's now since retired. He's been here. He's, we talked to him. Goodness, he might be watching even tonight. His sweet wife often watches on Sunday. He said, he said, there's one thing that disturbs me. He said, he's encountered a few younger men who assume a pulpit and they can't wait to wipe the fingerprints of the, of the predecessor off the pulpit. And um, I'd gotten my spirit. He told me that a few years back. And I said, well, help me with that. He said, well, it's just, it's just to know that everything that's done is built upon something else. Um, Brother Jack Simmons, may, he may come through this. His body is broken down now, his mind. He doesn't remember everything. And um, we have we we're very grateful for the things that he did early on. He, he gave way more money than most people make in a lifetime. Some of it was because he had a lack of aff affirmation because he only spoke to his father maybe once or twice and was always trying to get approval from someone, but also because he had a huge heart and he gave away a lot of stuff and he helped us when we didn't have anything. And there's a lot of people like that saw a picture on my phone of Janet Jenkins. Most of you will never, you don't know Janet Jenkins. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll meet her in heaven. Because <laughs> I know she's waiting to get there. I was driving back from the hospital and I remembered the big voice and the big arm around me of Jerry Dewey. And if you have never heard a man sing bass, well, then you've never heard Jerry Dewey. But if you've ever heard a bass singer, then perhaps you probably heard Jerry Dewey. And there are so many others. Barb Smith. I'm so grateful for Barb Smith. And um, you don't know these names, but these are the people that made this room possible. And, and all of us together. And God sustained this church, and there's no reason why we should have this building or even survive. But the Lord did that, and he did that because he has a plan for us. Surely he didn't do it just so we could have a couple more rows. He did it because he loved us and because, because he has a plan for our whole body, the whole church. It has to be for souls. Surely it can't be for us. It has to be for souls. So I just want to say how grateful we are. Am I missing something, brother? Are we good? Okay. Um, I don't want to skip over something if I'm, if I'm missing an announcement. Um, so I just want to say, and there's so many other names. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss a whole bunch of people. But, but I'm thankful for the body. Now I'm thankful for those upon which the building is, is, is constructed and our faith. I'm also thankful for all of you. I'm so very, very grateful. 
And I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing in our lives. I'm thankful for, for the Sunday school teachers that dedicate their time. And I'm thankful for all the people who help clean the church. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for caring. I want to say, I know this may be simplistic, but thanks for coming here. It would be really rough if you weren't here. Trust me, I went through that a couple years ago. And it's nice to hear an amen every once in a while. Now, you know, sometimes I say, I don't need anyone to say amen. But that's just in that one moment. But I need you to say amen in the next moment. Just that. Don't take that to heart. <laughs> I'm preaching in the old, the other sanctuary, and nobody's there, and, and it's COVID time, and we didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. And we just said, well, I'll just go preach. And, and the first time I preached, the lights were on. The next time I said to everybody, I said, turn the lights off. Just turn the lights off. I'll just pretend that everybody's out there. And I get to one of my good points, and I wanted to say amen. And nobody is, not even the sound guys, they wouldn't even say one word, not one. They didn't say nothing. They said, you're on your own, man. I want to say thank you for being here. I'm thankful for the ministries that are in this building. Let's thank God for the ministries that are in the, so many ministers. I was thankful this morning I got to teach the Bible class again this morning. It's my third time teaching the Bible class this morning. It was, it was a wonderful time. I'm thankful that the Lord allowed us to have Pastor and Sister Shock as members of our church and helpers and encouraging us. We're so blessed and privileged. And all the ministers, but I, I also want to say we're thankful for Brother Dan McLeod and Sister Haley and all that they offer to the body. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Amen. I have a lot of say, a lot of things to say thanks for. More wallpaper was being hung today, man. That was great. So I was smiling all day. My last admonition to you during this week is that we can live a life of thankfulness. It cannot just be an event. We live a life of being thankful. Amen. So Thursday is the national holiday, but this should be just one more of the, of the many days of our lives. Amen. Amen. Now, Lord, we're we're standing here and we give you all the honor and all the praise. Whatever good is done, it's done because of you. Whatever blessing has come, it's come because of you. None of us earned anything that we have. It's all because of you. We feel your commission, Lord, tonight to spread the gospel throughout the whole world, through our cities and our town, our neighbors, Lord. We want to testify and witness of your goodness and with a thankful heart. Amen. We give you great praise. And all the people said amen. Amen. <laughs>